and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well. It's been a kind of crazy start to our week this week here in Colorado Springs. It was not colorful Colorado, sunny Colorado. No, it was soggy Colorado. Very wet, heavy snows. (laughs) So lots of cleanup. Our poor trees took a beating. And that's always kind of sad. Yeah, we have a lot of broken limbs. Yeah, and then Christy and I had to haul them to the back, and that wasn't easy. No. Because <laughs> you were still a little upset because you wore your white tennis shoes out there. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't good. Yeah, she likes her white tennis shoes. She don't like to get any dirt on them. No. Mine stay white. <laughs> I must do more work. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't she on fire today? <laughs> Anyway, today we we wanted to talk a little bit about marriages, partnerships, committed relationships, whatever people call it. I don't think there's one set word anymore. I don't think there's one definition of how that relationship has to look. Definitely not. Relationships, I feel like, have taken on new definitions all the time, especially now in recent years. <laughs> really? And I mean... I think what it is, is, you know, we just kind of, you know, it's just that thing of accepting people where they're at with whatever that relationship looks like. You know, I, I tell people I'm not one to judge people coming to my office. I have some that are open marriages, swingers, polyamorous, conventional, LBGTQ plus. Um, and so the thing is, is it really is, what does that relationship look like for you? And how do, how do we make them healthy and in a time period where it seems like stuff is, it's like we're moving so fast all of the time. Right. You know, we've talked about that, about how sometimes it feels like there's not enough time to fit everything in. And then we have to kind of sit down and uh, recenter and reground ourselves and remind ourselves that there's time. It's what are we doing with the time? Yeah, it's definitely how you use the time. And I mean, I do think that as a society, I feel like that we try to fill up our schedules way too much. We overbook ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. So that becomes an issue sometimes. And I do. And I think then then what happens is the relationship itself gets put on the back burner or we start looking for other things to fill those voids in us. And for everybody, it's different. Whatever that is that they put in place there, but oftentimes if they're not putting in that place is their relationship, their partnerships. They're putting other things. Sometimes it's things that people are choosing are healthy things, sometimes maybe not so healthy things. And then, you know, then that leads to conflict within the relationship. And, you know, I mean, but it's really sitting down with that person that you're having or people that you're having those relationships with and talking about the value of them and what helps you to feel valuable with even in those relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and keeping that communication open because whatever you're filling that other time with, is that taking up too much space? You know, it's really about balance and in everything. And I think sometimes too, we use those other things because maybe we have stuff going on in our lives. And then what happens is instead of working through those with the people that we're in those partnerships with or relationships, we go to something else to try to alleviate that or kind of hide from it in a way. So then it becomes, what do I do? How do I have that healthy balance within the relationship? We make a point of talk. Well, we talk all the time. And you know, what's really interesting. This is always so fascinating to me is when I get people in couples counseling and, you know, I'm watching them and something, they can't even sit in the same couch and there's this anger and 
all of that. And I'm sitting there and for marriage counseling, I'm thinking, whoa, (laughs) y'all can't even sit on the same couch together to work this out. It's like, where's this animosity coming from? And I will always ask them, what did you see in each other to begin with? And then they'll start talking about that. And it's not that that stuff has gone away. It's that we haven't nurtured it. We haven't nurtured the relationship. We either start nurturing other things, our jobs, our whatever, our extracurricular activity, whatever that is. We shift that focus away and we forget that we married our best friend. Because how many times you go to a wedding and that's what everybody says, oh, today I'm marrying my best friend. Yeah. And how quickly that changes. So it becomes, how do we keep that? How do we keep those friendships within our relationship? I know for you and I, when we talk about, or I, I know for me, and we, we talk about this though, I feel like we still really are best friends. I feel like we've done, and you know, as time goes on, you get better at it. <laughs> you know? Definitely. And you get to know each other better and you have some insight, but I feel like It's great for us because we did start out as friends. And I know that not every relationship starts out that way. And that's one of the reasons, even though, like you say, a lot of times on your wedding day, it's, I married my best friend. Well, hopefully that turns out to stay that way. But you also have to have that communication at the beginning to know what framework someone else is coming from, because what their idea of a marriage or a committed relationship looks like may be completely different than yours. Absolutely. And I think for, And I know for us, and on that end, I can speak uh, for our relationship. I can talk about the, you know, I've done marriage counseling, couples counseling for a very long time. And, you know, one of the things is, is that, and, you know, they come in and believe it or not, some of them, they go on to have some successful relationships. They're able to mend those things and do all that kind of stuff that's really relevant, important, because they recommit. Because I think we commit at the beginning and it's all, you know, sunshine and rainbows and all that other stuff. and But we forget that in a commitment, we have to invest. And what does that investment look like? If people invested as much in their marriages, relationships, whatever we're going to call it, as they do in their job or in their trainings or in all of those things, think about how successful our relationships would be straight across the board. Mm-hmm. How successful we could have our relationships be. That's why it's important to really know what their value is because some people, you know, maybe it's all about their career and that's what they value the most. And that's something you should know going into a relationship if that is their priority. You know, it's like one of my clients said, you know, when I got with my boyfriend, he said that he was a gamer. She goes, I didn't know what that meant. And that's a whole other podcast on relationships around gaming because the commitment that a person has to gaming, well, once again, I've always told everybody, I'm not a gamer. I will sit and I will listen to you about it. I love your passion about it, but I'm there like, it's not my thing. And that can be very controversial in relationships. Oh, absolutely. The other one is sports. Oh, that's another big one. What do you, I know, <laughs> Chrissy over here looking and she got that smile on her face and... <laughs> Well, think about it, our relationship, which I think our relationship is really good. But think about for all those years, like I was afraid I'd have to watch a football game if I wanted to watch a baseball game. <laughs> so, But the thing is, is, okay, she never said, I don't know how many years of our marriage, she never said, I really like baseball. Never told me this. I like to watch, okay, not all sports. Come on, let's be real. For all you golfers out there, yay. If y'all like to watch it, yay. I am not one to watch that. 
I might as well go watch paint dry for me. I just do not find it entertaining. Thank God we agree on that. <laughs> yes, that's one of the things. But she never told me she liked baseball. She never told me she liked MMA. And I'm there like, you've been hiding these important things for me for this long? I don't know if she equated. I don't know. Okay, this is the other reason we had to stop watching football. Well, first off, I got away from football anyway. But every time I have to explain over and over and over and over what each position was, what they were trying to do. I didn't even want that much detail. I am not about football. I don't even like to hear it. <laughs> so we came to an agreement, which was okay. And, you know, we, we looked at that and she goes, and for her, that was time away from us doing something else. And I was, I was fine with it. I didn't put up a fight. I was just like, okay. But now when we get a chance, we will watch the Dodgers. We'll watch Rockies too. But then we'll watch UFC when we get a chance, you know, those kind of things. So there's other things. And we've got to do UFC with friends. So we've incorporated that into some stuff. So that's kind of the thing is these were conversations we should have had. Yeah, I probably could have enjoyed different times like that over the years. But... Like I said, I was hesitant because I was not a fan of football, but you seemed to be at the time. So I, which is different, which I think is kind of cool because it's, even as we've gone on, we did the soccer, we did, we've been doing some different things like that. And we're finding we're enjoying things that we didn't know. And I think that's the other thing in relationships is being open to trying what the other person likes or vice versa or whatever that is in order to expand conversations even around it even like I really don't like football I it bores me whatever oh okay why didn't you with this is, you know that's fine because I didn't have a big enough investment in it but I also in my head and this is just me I don't sit there and say something external like that like sports or things like that would be a greater investment than my relationship with you right and those are just some things that it's a side thing that I'm glad that we engage in in that way now that there are things that we share that we like. There are still, I mean, if you had been so passionate about football and you wanted to continue to watch it, I just appreciate that you didn't expect me to watch it. I know that you... And it's for, it's, it's what, four hours of a day. Exactly. That <laughs> and was I'm the other thing. It's, it was just so much time too. But if that was something, like I said, that you were completely passionate about, I can understand that. You continue to watch WWE. And I know that that's something that... Well, even like that, I don't. I watch highlights. And, and the reason I do, and, and, you know, I appreciate that you understand, it's not the investment in that. It's the, it, it was something, believe it or not, growing up, that was something we did as a family. And my oldest brother, oh, my Lord, did he love wrestling. <laughs> oh, he loved it. He even had all the wrestling magazines and everything. And and for some, it's not going to sound strange, especially if you've lost anybody, you know, it's a family thing, my parents, uh, my brother. And so for me, seeing that, you almost feel that sense of their presence or whatever, you know, it's just, it's, so for me, that's such a, that's more of a emotional thing, I guess, right. a connectivity thing. Right. But there's a reason that it's important to you. Yeah. And so we've had that discussion. And but not important enough for me to watch a whole a program right. on. Yeah. You know, just a little highlights and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and you know, once again, those are some of those things that I think are important to talk about and to have that understanding, you know, of that. And 
you know, I think we are not investing our time in the things that we should be sometimes. And, and I don't know, I think sometimes people think relationships are hard work and I don't get it to me. Sometimes it's the easiest job I do if we were going to call it a job because it really is, you know, you wouldn't sit there and say, oh my God, having my friendship is such a hard job. No, because you invest in it. And somehow we invest in our friendships. We invest in our jobs. We invest in even children, whatever. And we forget to invest in the person that we're committed to or the people we're committed to. So it's how do we find that balance in there? Mm -hmm. How do we encourage each other to have our own individual growth and development, but at the same time, how do we merge that enough that we can continue to remain best friends? Yeah, definitely keeping a sense of humor and the lines of communication open. Even like how we started today on this podcast, you and I go back and forth a lot with humor and just bantering back and forth or whatever. It's And it's all in fun. And we, I think that's one of the things just enriches our relationship. And Christy gets more mouthy in in this this when uh, my sister's around. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) Some people bring out the best in me. (laughs) Oh, so now it's the best thing. Don't tell her that. (laughs) And, you know, that's what it is. Once again, the relationships. And, you know, that's the other thing, though. Sometimes family, our families can get in, can contribute if we allow them to, because I've had somewhere, you know, the mother-in-law doesn't like the daughter and on on and on and on. I hear, I'm telling you right now, I've heard so much in my office about that thing. So I tell people, if you're committing, you're committing to this relationship. Your family's either along for the ride or they're not. But this is the person you're riding with right now. So be respectful of that. And I hear that all the time. Well, I can't do this, or, you know, the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, it can be sister-in-law's cousin. It doesn't matter. Right. Friendships, we allow all of those things to impact what we're doing. And I get it. It's why I don't want to hurt this person's feelings or whatever it is. Or sometimes people say, well, geez, we've had a friendship for 14 years and you've only been married to them for two. Well, the thing is, is there's a difference between a friendship and being married. There's a level of commitment, the level of intimacy hopefully is much deeper in the committed relationship. Right. And if it's not, keep the, just call it a friendship and don't do anything else with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell people to do. If you have a great friendship and you don't want to ruin it, keep the friendship. Give a new definition to the relationship. Mm-hmm. But don't try to become something you're not. I work with that a lot with my clients. I don't know about this new, you know, a lot of my, you know, they always talk about polyamory and stuff and, I want to, you know, we're polyamorous. We're going to have this. Okay, let's talk about what that means. And then as we're talking about it, well, well, wait a minute. No, no, polyamory is very different. And people, and I had one, I said I would do it. And I, he goes, I, I don't know why I did, but I do. He was trying to make his wife happy, but it was so against his, who he is as a human that it just didn't work. Well, I think too, a lot of times when people go into those, types of relationships, they don't talk about the definition of it. I mean, and exactly what polyamory is, I don't think that a lot of people have defined that. And so there's confusion that happens there. And so when they start to to try to do something like that, it can end up in a catastrophe if they don't have a good definition. Yeah, I've witnessed a few of those. (laughs) 
Well, I think the other thing is, is the other one that I find very fascinating is, is uh, couples who incorporate BDSM into their relationship. And one is in one is it's a part of one's persona and not the other person's persona. I'm using persona. That's really the best way. I'm just saying preference or whatever. And if that one tries it, and, and I've had that too, where it's like, I do it and I, I feel like I'm hurting her or I feel like I, I can't do it. And then I said, well, then don't. And, you know, in some of my couples, they made the decision that, that if that was something that was really valuable, there's a third person who provides that or whatever. And they're like, I don't judge. Do whatever y'all makes you happy. They have very successful relationships because they understand the limitations of what they have. Does that work for everybody? Absolutely not. And once again, we started this with, we have to redefine it always comes back to communication because you have to have rules of engagement in, in any relationship, basically, that you have. Absolutely. And I think I tell people I'm not there to judge them or what, you know, how they live their life or whatever. If y'all are happy, you've negotiated, talked it out, know what you're doing, and everybody's good with it, I don't care. Now, if it's impacting your mental health, then I have to care. If it's not something that you want to do and you want me to try to make you like something that you don't like, I that's not my job either. And I'll tell them, I can't do that, but I want to keep my marriage. Well, then go have open, honest communication with them. Let them know what you can and cannot do. That's in anything, whatever it is, whether it's polyamory, BDSM or gaming or sports or whatever it is, what you can and cannot do. Or what you're willing to do and what you're willing to not do. Because sometimes people feel like if I do this, I'm compromising a value system that I have or whatever that is. And that's what I mean. Those things should be talked about anyway at the beginning of relationships. We should know what people's value system is. We should know what their religious preferences are or spirituality or whatever, because those two things can clash. You know, I expect you to go to church. Well, I don't go to church. Well, you knew I didn't go to church before we got married. Why am I going to go to church now? <laughs> but people think, well, because we're married now, you're going to change and you're going to do. No, people are not going to change like that. And if they do, sometimes it's begrudgingly and it comes and bites us in the end. So the value of communication. And from the time we have started this podcast, communication, communication, communication. But it's not just communication. It is honest, honest, truthful communication, not sugar-coated, not, well, I'm going to say it like this because I don't want to hurt Christy's feelings. I don't want to hurt her feelings. But at the same time, if it's something that is really valuable to me, I've got to trust in the relationship that we have that I can come to her and I can say, you know what? I don't like this. And whether it's something I would have hoped that she would have come to me long before in the football thing and said, hey, I don't like that. I would have been okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I had probably mentioned I didn't care for football. No, it's not my, no, you said, well, I don't, no, you said, I don't understand it. No, I didn't like it either. <laughs> well, there's a difference between I don't understand it and I don't like it. That was not clear communication on her part. I'm pretty sure. However, <laughs> once she clearly communicated to me, I understood it. I was like, okay. It's funny. I have some couples who one likes to travel and one doesn't. That would be very sad. Well, <laughs> I agree. Thank God. There's so many things that we're so compatible on that I really appreciate that. But also the reason we've had some of that compatibility is because we have both sampled each other's things and realized, oh, you know what? It's not what I thought it was or, 
yeah, you know, this is, this is pretty good, you know? And when, and sometimes when you do it with somebody that you care about, it changes the feel of it. Right. You know, so I think that's a really uh, big thing too, to remember that. Be open-minded and look into each other's interests and, you know, try it out. Yeah. But like, I have some who it's apps, they'll take certain, one wants to go to the mountains, one wants to go to the ocean. Okay. So they're like, can we find a place that has an ocean and a mountain? <laughs> well, I don't really like the beach. Okay. Well then the, so then what happens is, and I think this is really cool because I have had some couples who will say, okay, well, you know, like this one, well, my girlfriends, we, they really like to travel. Theirs is going to Vegas. So they go to Vegas and the husband goes and does his thing. They do something with shooting or something. I don't know. And they're good. They came up with a compromise and they're okay with it. They're secure in their relationship and it's how secure do we feel? But communication is so important because it communicate that communication helps us to not have deception or insecurities. Yes. Insecurities come from deception. Yeah. When we're not honest. And I always tell people anytime, most of the time when people come in, they feel like there's a trust issue that's been broken, whether it's, you know, well, you told me you weren't going to game, but two hours a week. And now you're gaming 15 hours a week. That's a break in trust in that there's an, a mutual agreement. So if there's a mutual agreement, that would be like if I said to you, okay, well, we don't have to watch football. And I promptly go the next, you know, skip a weekend or two. And then I go right back to watching football. You're going to feel like I didn't hear you. And also like, it wasn't valuable what you said. I didn't hear you. And you can't trust me with my word. Mm -hmm. So even on that little level, I mean, trust runs really deep and, you know, we can have some real uh, trust issues as far as that goes. If we even do it and we, we accept accountability and responsibility. But once again, the other question I ask every client couple who comes into my office is what is your accountability for why the relationship is the way it is right now? And how many times I'll hear, no, no, you're not listening to me. He or she is doing it. No, but what, what is your part in this? Because oftentimes we want to make it somebody else's problem. We don't want to take an active thing. My thing is, is if you screw up, you screw up, you own up and you move on. But when I, if I sit here and say, well, you don't understand. Christy just doesn't want me to do the things that I want to do because it goes from, she doesn't like football, never asking me not to watch it, me making the decision, but then blaming her for the decision. And then, so it's, well, and then it becomes, well, she doesn't want me to do anything that I want to do. Do you see how that starts to get bigger? Mm -hmm. Snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just saying, you know what? She didn't want me to watch football. I said I wouldn't watch football. And now I regret that because I really do want to watch football. And my thing is, is I always tell them, well, why are you telling me this? (laughs) Tell your spouse, tell whoever that person is that's significant, have that conversation with them. Well, they're going to get mad. Well, I think they're more mad if you're lying to them or if you're sneaking around or you're doing whatever you're doing and you're unhappy. Now they become unhappy. Or just being, you know, I mean, because you could be acting agitated because you're not happy that you're missing your football game. It still becomes a problem in the relationship. And I mean, maybe it it comes down to, okay, you want to watch the football game. Just understand I'm going to take that time for myself to go do something else. Don't expect me to be in there with you. You know? And I think that's what it is. Sometimes people have that expectation because I wanted to spend time with you and I knew how long it took. And I'm thinking, well, just read a book. Oh, she didn't know. She didn't even do that. She just didn't. <laughs> then so I sat there and, and my decision was my decision. I didn't sit there and blame her later and say, oh, it's your fault. I don't. 
No, you take ownership of your decisions. And if I didn't like it, I might come to her and say, you know what? How about, you know what? Let's compromise. I mean, maybe watch one game a month or something, or maybe I'm just going to watch the Super Bowl or that's what I mean. But I can't be angry at her for something that I'm feeling that she doesn't know. Right. And that is such a huge thing when, when I'm doing uh, couples counseling or even watching our friends or whatever, it's that lack of communication. Because a lot of times you have a preconceived notion of what you think is expected. Absolutely. And sometimes it's not even true. <laughs> right. And I think it's not only that. I think what happens is people continue to have these conversations in their head. Well, I'm going to say this. Well, she's going to say this. I'm going to say this. She's going to say this. So then you're you're mad at the person for what they didn't even say. Just what you anticipated them to say. Yeah. Well, I had this conversation with you. They're like, I don't remember it. (laughs) Well, no, because you had it in your head and you you drew a conclusion based on that. Now the relationship is suffering based on the fact that you had this internal dialogue and you didn't trust in the relationship sometimes. And that's the thing. You have to trust in the strength of the relationship that you have. So you have to trust that you can go back and say, you know what, sweetie, I said not about not watching football, but I think I want to watch one game a month. And if you go skating or do whatever it is you do, then great. Yeah. Now she comes back and says, why would you waste your time with, why would you do? And this is often what people do. And this is where that breakdown even comes because we don't hear the message because we still continue to come from our place based on whatever our feeling is around whatever that person's doing. So oftentimes people will say, if that is the situation, and I say, I want to say, I can't believe you want to waste four hours of your time. Now what you're hearing is this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Even though in Christy's mind, she may think it's okay and she's voicing an opinion. But the person listening now is hearing she's not happy with that decision. So mm-hmm. if she's not happy, then I can't do it because then we're not. And then this, once again, that internal dialogue starts happening. Instead of saying, well, I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean you're okay with me watching or you're not okay with me watching? Well, I don't care if you watch. Okay, then you leave it at that. But once again, people will throw in that opinion that they have about something that somebody likes to do. Mm-hmm. I always think it's funny when uh, I work, when I was working with families and uh, a kid got birthday money, say, all happy about their birthday money. And the kid goes down and he buys little trinket things and candy. And the dads, they're like, well, why did you do that? Why would you waste your money? And I could see the kids look on his face like, I said, hold on. I said, and I looked at the dad and I says, well, whose birthday money was it? He goes, well, it was his. I said, well, would you be okay if somebody, if you got birthday money and you went and bought a power tool, he liked power tools. And they said, well, why would you go buy a power tool? You already have seven of them. He goes, well, that would be, I buy it because I want it. And he he was about to say, it's my money. He caught himself and he goes, oh my goodness. And he told the little boy, you know what, honey, you enjoy your toys. I understand now (laughs) because we don't do that because he wasn't looking at the child's reaction to what his words were. And in that effective communication, I often tell people to have Effective communication. Sometimes you have to look at that person too, because their body language is going to say a lot as well. Not that you know what it means, but you can ask questions about what it means. Because, you know, if I say, if I make a statement to Christy and I'm watching her and 
I see something with her body language and maybe it's not to me matching with what she's saying, I will ask her, well, what are you thinking? Or what are you feeling about that? Or whatever that is. Yeah, because it's easy to make an assumption about what someone else is thinking based on their body language, but it may not be what you think. So you have to ask those questions. Exactly. And if you work on that communication, the person who you're talking to is always going to know that there might be questions or you might have a conversation around something. But communication is just so huge. And I think we're lacking it today. And once again, you know, we did the episode on navigating relationships in this electronic era. I don't, I don't know if we're there yet. I don't, you know, we have people who really struggle with communication. They really struggle in the workplace with communication. And they really struggle with that in their relationships. Because oftentimes, once again, I'll have people come to my office and they're not talking to their spouse, but they're telling me everything. They're like, I get why you're telling me stuff, but isn't this something that, isn't this a conversation you should be having with that person? Well, yeah, but they're going to be mad at me or they're not going to like what I have to say or, and, and the list goes on. And the thing is, is that I always work with them on how do you trust in that relationship? How do you trust in the foundation of what you've established and built with them? Because I'll tell you right now, if you have not built a strong foundation, and a strong foundation comes through that communication, your relationships will struggle. And when we say communication, the listening part is a huge key. That active listening, truly hearing what the other person is saying. Because I cannot tell you how many times I will hear in my office, person in those community relationships saying, I don't feel like I'm heard. I don't feel like what I say matters. I feel like I'm shut down. When I start to talk and, and if we're having those with the people we're professing to love, I think we owe them the courtesy and the time and the attention to listen to what it is that they're trying to tell us and that that has value. But the thing that we run into is that oftentimes we do not, we, we forget that those people are valuable to us. We forget about what they brought to us in the first place. A lot of times those people are right. They're not being heard because so much of the time we are in our head anticipating what the other person's going to say and formulating answers before we hear the whole entire conversation. So slowing down and really listening to what that person is saying makes a huge difference. The listening is important, but it's listening so much and with intention and focusing on the value of what that other person is saying to us and also understanding that their message is important. That's the listening with intention part. Cause a lot of times we think we're hearing somebody, but we're really not. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to miscommunication and then that leads to irritation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the problem to begin with is because maybe the conversation isn't, you know, a comfortable or good one or whatever, and you're already agitated. So that's why you're not hearing the true message. I think so. And, you know, we'll have that every once in a while. And sometimes particularly when, when it's the work week, because, you know, we're both trying to get stuff done and, and we think we're listening, we think we're hearing but we're really not. And then, you know, at, you know, we'll get a little snippy with each other. And then it's like, it doesn't last long. Cause then I think we finally realize, well, wait a minute, or we'll come back and have that conversation about, you know, like what, 
what just happened. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was not irritated. Oh, it was an irritation. I just had some really hard stuff that I did at work and with some of my clients and I was having a hard time shutting it down because I really get into that place of trying to navigate and figure out what's going on. What is the next move? So I, it's like a chess thing with me. I have to put all those moving pieces, especially if there's other providers involved and stuff like that. And so I was already in that place and and you were trying to talk to me about something else. So there was that little bit of irritability that happened, but then we were able to identify the irritability. And I think those are the important things. The other thing I think is really important, and I don't think sometimes we do in our communication, is we don't sit and look at that person and tell them what it is that I need from them. We drop little hints. And then so when the person doesn't get it right, then you get all irritated with them. Which isn't fair to them, but no. And I tell Christy, I am very clear. If I if there is something I want from you, what do I do? You lay it out. I just tell her. (laughs) It's exactly what I need from you. And she may be in a place where she's listening, but she's not hearing because whatever's going on in her. But I also have to remember that I have to pause you and say, this is what I need. And usually we're really on sync with that. But every once in a while, we're not, especially if you're navigating different things. You're navigating a lot with the the move out of our office and we have some other stuff going on and or something with insurance. I mean, I can be agitated over <laughs> something that I'm dealing with over the phone and that, and then you come to me and you've had a hard session or whatever, and you're you're needing that moment. And I'm so wound up over the conversation I'm having over the business. So sometimes that's it doesn't play out well, but then we do come back to it. We don't hold on to it. And I think that's the biggest thing in relationships is people hold on to stuff and then they're bringing, oh my goodness. Sometimes I will hear the same story about what that person did five years ago. And I'm there like, excuse me, can we come into the present moment, please? Well, I know one of the things that has really helped me with that in our meditation, he does an affirmation that says about, think about your mood right now and try to look at your emotions as though you were separate from them, separate from them and witnessing like from the outside. And not only that, but the emotion is separate from you. Yeah. And by taking myself out of it, even for that moment and really like looking at myself and the emotion that I'm having, it does help. It puts some space there to be able to help you to have clarification in the situation. Absolutely. If you need that moment, let the person you're talking to, but building that relationship, if a relationship has value to you, then figure out how do you nurture that relationship? Even when that person is not, even when you feel like, well, this is not very nurturing right now. But when we become reactive to that, we have two people not communicating. And that to me, when I look at relationships and failed relationships, it is due to the communication. Because in order to build trust, we need communication. In order to feel respected, we need communication. We need to communicate that. And then we need to have behaviors that follow it. It's not about lip service. It's not about somebody saying, oh, I love you. And then they treat you a different way or whatever. That doesn't work that way. It's through communication. And then we follow it up with behaviors because talk is talk is talk is talk. But the talk and the behaviors have to match up. And I tell people, I cannot read your thoughts. I cannot read your emotions. All I can do is see your behaviors. And this behavior is not matching with what you are saying. So either 
what you're saying isn't the truth or the behavior isn't the truth, but I don't know which it is. And if I don't know which it is, how can the person that you're communicating this to, how is the person that you're loving, how is it that they will know this? So in sometimes it's even asking that question and it's asking yourself too, what is it I need from this person? What is it I'm willing to give? We will put time and energy and effort into so many things. And I think sometimes we're getting so bogged down and it's, everybody's guilty of it to some degree. We all are, but it's prioritizing. Last week it was prioritizing yourself. This week is how do we prioritize our relationships that are important to us? Because we always have people trying to pull from us and, and, you know, take from us. And I'm not saying that is a negative way. It's just life. People need stuff. They want it from you, but, you know, on and on and on. How do you even say to them, wait a minute. And I love that one of my clients, I love this now. Her husband was getting a little irritated with her because she goes and she helps and she does. And oh my goodness, she's always on the go, just doing a lot of stuff. And it was irritating him. And we talked about that. And she goes, but I want to make it. And I says, then do an action because you keep saying it, but do an action. There has to be an action. So she did. She set a boundary with her friends and everybody that by 430, if you're at my home, you got to leave because I'm going to start dinner. And when my husband gets home, we're going to have dinner together. If it's something, a call or something, she'll talk. But as soon as, he, nope, I'm done. She's now showing him a behavior that matches with what she's saying. If my relationship with you is important, then I will do the actions that help you know that that's important. And we talked, and that's one of the big things. She's trying to prioritize this relationship because it's important to her. And she realizes that she has neglected it. She has taken accountability for that and saying, he's right. I have neglected it. I have been putting too much of my effort into everything else. So kudos to her for saying, I'm going to do this. Now, is she getting pushback from these people that she's putting the boundaries on? Mm-hmm. But I told her the ones that have true relationships to you will understand that because they want you to have a successful relationship. If they're mad and they're trying to come between that, then that's about them. And it's truly not about caring about you on that level. And she has found that out. So she's done some weeding out. And the people that she thought would be there with her and understand it actually are staying there or with her and understanding that. That's why boundaries are really important too, because, and like with that, it's a situation where that it was actually taking her out of the home, but there can also be situations that, you know, like you get into a conversation with your spouse about maybe something that's happening at work. And that's great that your spouse can vent to you or whatever, but sometimes you have to set a boundary even around those things because it can drag on forever and take away from the time that you guys have together because you're so fixated on a situation that you're unhappy about. Mm, that's a good one. And absolutely. It's the gripe and complain session. You know, you gripe and complain. And then the spouse, I think it's frustrated when they finally say, well, why don't you, you know, maybe you need to do this or whatever. And then the fight's on. That can be, a, yeah, it can become a, a source of an argument because really what the person is just trying to do is maybe offer up solutions to the problem. But then the other person becomes so agitated when really all they're needing to be is just heard. And it's not even about them fixing it. And I agree. But I think the, where that changes is if it's a person coming and complaining about the same thing every day, and it takes a good hour of the day where you're complaining about work, and then the spouse starts to say, well, you know, maybe you should do this. I think what the spouse is really saying is, can we be done with this? Yes. But instead, they're trying to offer you a solution so that you're happy. If you're happy, then everything gets to be happy again. Right. 
instead of saying, you know what, do you realize that every day we're complaining about the same thing every day? Stop pouring all of your energy into that negative space and put it where it should be. Vent. Take your 10 or 15 minutes to vent. Yeah. We will do that. We'll take a certain time that we'll talk about work. And then it's like, okay, this is not work time anymore. And it's kind of hard because work is in our home and all of this. And, you know, we work together. Sometimes, you know, when I'm doing my sessions and stuff, we don't have time to talk about that. So we have to take time. We have to find that time at some point to address situations at work. We really do our best to limit that so that it does not consume our time, because that's not what I want our relationship to look like and stuff like that. So as we're talking today, we're talking about how do you prioritize that relationship? It's through communication. It's through honest communication. It's through that listening with intention. If a relationship is valuable to you, then start acting like it is. Pour energy into it. Pour that positive energy into it. Make those people feel valuable. And if you're not at that place, then do something different, but don't keep dragging somebody down. If you have stuff going on, tell me you have stuff doing, going on. But for them to believe that they're a part of that discomfort or whatever you're going through and it's nothing about them, you've got other stuff, that's not fair either. That is damaging to both people involved. Right. So if you love people, love them. And if you love them, show them through behaviors and actions That's what they see. That's what they feel. Take that time because it is so important. So hopefully when you walk away from this one today, that's what it is. Relationships are so important. We really do need them. They have the potential to really help uplift us and do all those great and wonderful things. But they have the potential to pull us down too when we don't talk about what's going on in that relationship that's no longer beneficial or whatever. So take that time to communicate. Have those, as you say, those tough conversations and understand that if it has a good foundation, it's going to survive the tough conversations. Right. So that's really, really important. It's the investment of you both. Yes. We will be off next week, of course, because, uh, you know, it'll be the holiday weekend. So we hope everybody has a great and safe Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, this one will actually be posted on Memorial Day, but it'll be the no, week after no, that. that we're... this weekend on sun- Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it will be Memorial Day weekend. We're off. Yeah, she's ahead by a week, but that's okay. <laughs> I have been for the entire month. <laughs> I know. It's been one of those crazy times. Anyway, you guys, be kind to each other, love each other, talk to each other. All of those really important and valuable things and prioritize not only yourself, but prioritize those relationships that are really important to you. And we will be back in two weeks. Bye. Bye.